and welcome to Native Stories. Native Stories exists to share the voices of those connected to the land. Aloha mai! Thank you for joining Native Stories. My name is Nanea Lo, and I come from Papakolea, Oahu. I currently live in Kamuki. And we have Kahala Johnson joining us today to discuss Hale Manamahu. Melina Mai, Kahala Johnson. So we are currently on Moku Okeave or Hawaii Island at Pu'u Hulu Hulu. And Kahala Johnson will introduce himself. Aloha Pumehana Kako, Kahala Kauinoa, Ano Nova'eho, Mamoyo. Uh, Ian no maua ma pulu, uh, 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 no, uh, enanea, no ke, uh, ana, um, he mahalo no he, he nui, nui ke aloha, uh, no ke, uh, ke, uh, kuka, kuka ana. Um, aloha, my name is Kahala. I am from the island of Maui, from the Ahupua'a of Navai Eha. Um, today I just wanted to, Point out that we're at Puhululu and to express my thanks and aloha for Nania for allowing us, allowing me this opportunity to speak. So, mahalo. Mahalo for giving me the opportunity to interview you. Um, so what is education? Okay. Wow. What a question. <laughs> um, education spelled E-A-D-U-C-A-T-I-O-N. Um, the first time I heard about education was actually from my mentor, Kalekoa Kaeo, um, who talks a lot about Hawaiian conscientious, conscientiousism. Um, and basically what my kumu said was that education is a way of realizing, or to me is a way of realizing um, something that you're constantly doing um, that previously was unconscious. So ea means to breathe, right? It's also a word for sovereignty. Um, but this kind of ea is not just like sovereignty in the Western sense, which is domination over a place and people and having laws to control them. This kind of ea is actually literally our breath. And so when we breathe, we're exchanging breath, oxygen, um, with the aina, with um, the plants and animals um, around us. And as we take in that breath and release it back, it goes back in, into the aina and... Um, allows ola to flow through our bodies. And if you think about breathing, um, we actually don't think a lot about breathing. We just do it. Um, and I believe that what education does is it allows us to think about that unconscious sovereignty that we have, that unconscious breath that we're constantly doing with ourselves and the aina, and it brings it forward and it allows us to think more about what it means to be sovereign. Sovereign to me is more of an interdependence, yeah, that exchange of breath with ourselves and aina and i think education allows us to 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 experience that um what it means to be kanakamali in relationship with the aina with the kai um and truly with our entire lahui i love that definition and i love kale kokeo i wish he was my kumu he's in my he's my kumu but roundabout way (laughs) what is sex education so kind of um taking the next step from my mentor kumu kalekoa 
um, I've kind of talked a little bit more about sex education. And so when we put sex education into there, it's, I don't know about folks, but when I grew up um, and they taught me sex education in uh, public school, at least, um, it was very straight. It was very like man, woman, and that, nothing else. Um, very concentrated on not having sex or... Um, um, yeah, kind of, kind of an interesting, maybe colonial set of morals and ethics and values. Um, and a lot of shaming, actually. Like, we weren't able to talk about sex. Um, and, and, and furthermore, that we didn't really have a connection to, um, how sex has, sex, gender, and sexuality has actually played a very large role in the, um, in our ancestors, for our ancestors, but also for colonization. Yeah. Um, sex, gender, and sexuality, are both weapons and ways of healing. Um, weapons in the sense of they've been used against us, particularly Mahu and Wahine, as well as Kani too, um, in terms of rape, domestic violence, um, shaming of how we express our sexuality, um, and even in our relationships to the land. So um, if you take TMT, for example, the idea that you could just claim a mountain and do whatever you want with it goes against all sense of consent, right? It doesn't ask the mountain, doesn't ask the people what um, how they should be treated and um, what their relationship should be, right? And so um, sex, again, sex, gender, and sexuality can be weaponized. But at the same time, there are also sources of healing. Um, and so you have kind of this interesting um, duality here where um, learning about outside of public school sex education, learning about the sexuality, the gender, um, the sexual practices of my ancestors have actually helped me as a mahu to decolonize um, my body, my relationships. And so, um, so what sex education is, is kind of, again, uncovering what's always conscious. Like, we're constantly in in a sexual relationship with the aina. Um, things like breath, we breathe and release that breath and there's an exchange of body of air, of fluid with the aina um, that is erotic and it's beautiful, you know, it's fun, it's pleasurable. Um, and I think bringing that to consciousness that, you know, we are sexual people, we're erotic folks. Um, our ancestors um, did not shame these expressions. In fact, they made poetry out of it. They made epic stories about that. Um, and I think what sex education does is allows us to see that sovereignty, again, not independence, but interdependence, right? Sovereignty is also sovereignty between over our bodies and how our bodies interact with each other, but also with how our relationship to Aina, Kai, and again, on the Lahui, how that too should be pleasurable, consensual. It should be something that we are, we, we are able to rely on each other and not, not not enact gendered violence, you know, not enact sexual violence. That those things are not, um, they're not okay, they're colonial, and we need to end them, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of basically what sex education is. And I believe that sex education is a part of a education, as Kalekuakaeo has, has taught me. Amazing. I love that that's intertwined to AI education because I do feel that it's a part of education in general that is kind of isolated and shamed that's been in our present society okay so i wanted to talk a little bit on pu'u hulu hulu university and so how does um hale mana mahu um play a role in that and how did it kind of come about 
Yeah. Um, so Puhululu University is literally a Hawaiian place of true, real Hawaiian place of learning. Um, and I think, I think what, uh, in terms of Hale Monomahu, um, what our purpose, I guess, is there is that, um, Mahu, one of our roles in addition to Wahine, yeah, is to hold the culture and to hold Ike and to be able to teach that, right? Um, and Kane, again, Kane do this too. Um, but I think, especially in for Mahu, where today we're, we're really, we're really starving for not just the ability to, to be recognized, but the ability to interact and be responsible like our Wahine and Kane counterparts are. You know, we see Lavaia, uh, Mahi'ai, um, Kumuhula and whatnot, who are Kane and Wahine, who have such an important role to play. And for Mahu, we, we also want that. You know, we want to be part of the Lahui and to give our Hana and our um, Ola back. And so I think um, one of the, the functions of Hale Mana Mahu in terms of the university is to give Mahu a space both to be recognized and to be safe, but more importantly, to be able to serve our Lahui here at the Mauna. And so um, I, I really, really respect a lot of the younger Mahu who um, use the Hale as a place to both find community and talk about Mahu kind things, but also that they don't just stay there. They actually go to the kitchen um, to help out there. They go to donation tents. Um, they Many of them are, are also involved with the medics. Um, and so it's, it's kind of the idea that we're not just isolated. You know, we're not just mahu and that's just us and those are our things. But rather, we also participate alongside our kane and wahine um, relatives um, because we, we, we love our lahui just like they do. Even more so maybe sometimes because being mahu is hard sometimes, yeah? And um, so the amount of aloha that we both want and want to give, I think, increases in our colonial society, our patriarchal society. So I think um, in terms, yeah, so that's kind of the um, what the function of the Hale Manamahu is in the university. Uh, did you also want me to talk a little bit about the mission statement? Yeah, if you could, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so we... Again, um, this movement has been led by Wahine first and Mahu with the support of Kane. Uh, but oftentimes what happens with, even even with my experience with Haleakala is that uh, Mahu aren't generally recognized. And I think it's it's not really um, like a, a conscious thing, like people don't want to recognize us and want to put us away. Though I'm, I'm certain there are some people who are like that. But what I think it is is that we're so used to just thinking of Wahine and Kane. Um, and so what... I think our mission statement really is is threefold. One, to say that, hey, we're here, <laughs> we're Mahu, we've always been here, um, and that Mahu are part of this movement and are, are also at the head of this movement. Yeah, um, A perfect example of that is the Mele Kuha'aheo, um, done by Kuhina and taught to the Lahui for this moment, right? Um, Kuha'aheo literally means to stand with pride. It's a pride song. <laughs> I'm sure folks will be like, wait a minute, you can't just say that, but it, it literally is pride. Um, pride in the sense of not just being Hawaiian, um, but also being Mahu, being Wahine, being Kane, and being able to be, out, be beyond the binary. Like, we're all together in this. And that song literally talks about us coming together, standing steadfast, drinking on the bitter waters, because... Because it's not just Wahine or Kane that are going to face Elrads, Pepper Spray, or whatever the occupying state is going to throw at us. It's also Mahu. And we're all literally holding each other's hands and locked down together. And that's beautiful. That's pride. 
that's Hawaiian pride, that's Mahu pride. Yeah. Um, the second part of our story is uh, of our mission statement is um, to make sure that our Mahu are safe. Um, I'll talk a little bit a little bit about how um, sometimes people come into the Pu'uhonoa uh, not realizing that our space is a Pu'uhonoa in the Pu'uhonoa, which is my sister Kalani Young's way of saying about Halemana Mahu. A Pu'uhonoa in the Pu'uhonoa, which is for Mahu to come and find shelter from some of the patriarchal things that um, outsiders or even our own Lahui can sometimes do. So, for example, sometimes uh, when we first started building the Halemana Mahu, people were questioning it. You know, like, why Why do you have that? Like, what are you folks doing? Are you just going to have, like, rainbow parties? You know, like, erotic dancing and whatever. I'm like, yeah, of course we are. But we're also here to, you know, uh, to work and to, to be political and to be protectors and kia'i. Uh, and then the last part really is, yeah, is about that is, um, in addition to having a safe place, is to allow our Mahu to go into the community and to bring their ola to all the work that we're doing. So if you notice, like, if you have if you have mahu from the Halemana Mahu in your medics or the kitchen or the donation, like, we we bring ola with us because, you know, it can be hot yeah, up here um, with the sun, the, the, you know, maybe the threat, looming threat of the state to, or police. And so what we, what we want to do is we want to make sure people also know that just because we're in a situation where, um, you know, we're going through some violent times that in addition to our kapaloha, we also have ola. We have life and pleasure and fun being together with each other. Yeah. And so I think those are the three things that our mission for Halimana Mahu are. I love that. And I think it's very important to really remind our lahui and remind the people that are in this movement and who want to stand with us and who are with us that we as a Lahui have so many different people and relations to one another and that we need space and we need to hold that space. Like you guys need to hold that space and keep us accountable because we need each other. Um, so in being involved in creating this space, um, yeah, like how did you guys create the physical hale? Um, maybe like who was involved and the collaboration efforts. Yeah, absolutely. This is actually my favorite part because I, I really love recognizing the folks who put their hana and their, their labor and their mana into this. So, uh, first a shout out to my sister Kalani Young, who's, um, own her work. She's a PhD, first Mahu PhD, I believe. Um, and her work actually talks about, um, the houseless Pu'uhonua, um, or house free Pu'uhonua in Wainai. Um, and there she created her own Pu'uhonua in the Pu'uhonua for Mahu and Wahine. And so she brought over the first tents and um, helped to kukulu that. Um, a very small tent. It's like one of those ones you get from like Walmart or Costco. But, you know, although the space is small, it is warmed by all of us, right, in there. And so in addition to Kalani Young's help um, and inspiration, We've also had um, our other house mother, um, <laughs> Marie Alohalani Brown, who is who is one of the kupuna that were arrested um, on this recent event, and has been working in the donations um, um, hale the hale ho'olako um, since day one, um, and in the kitchen and all that, and doing lua and all that. And so, really, it's the combination of uh, Mahu and Wahini um, at who are the start of this inspiration, which is just beautiful and is just how things are in our lahui. 
Um, but I also want to recognize um, Leilani Portillo and um, Punahele, uh, who were also instrumental in bringing in supplies for art, um, whiteboards, tables, and chairs. And so I also want to recognize, you know, Kane have also put in labor into this. And that's what's beautiful. It's not just a Mahu thing. It's not just a Wahini thing. Like, Kane have evolved and evolved. And so uh, putting in labor, money, resources, time, etc. And I, I really want to mahalo all those folks who have really put it in, as well as um, uh, my own, one of my partners, Mahelani um, Ahia, who's also been instrumental in creating the Hale Manawahine, which is another space that perhaps you might be able to talk on later. <laughs> That's amazing. This is um, day one for Native Stories or for me to be up here at Puuhuluhulu, so I'm excited to check that out and see and learn more. Um, so, also, do you guys have any, like, guest speakers or people that, like, kind of, yeah, like, guest appearance when they come up to Pu'uhulu? And how do people get, if they want to come up and get integrated, like, how do they do that? Yeah, so, um, when Kalani was here, um, she's, um, talked about her expenses. And, um, we've also held, like, you know, informal, like, dance, um, breakout sessions just, you know, to get, Get the ola out and, and feeding the lahui. Um, in terms of, um, I guess more formal discussions and talk stories of, huh, okay, so it's been mostly me, but, and I don't like taking up space. I don't like being the only voice here. I, I, I encourage, so I encourage all the mahu in the lahui, um, to, you know, come up here. You're more than welcome, um, to share your experiences. Um, I, oh, I do want to say this though. Um, one of my, my other mentors, um, Kalani Kapu from, um, Lahaina Lele, um, also came up and Kalani has been a very, a very strong influence on who I am as a Mahu. Um, he was one of the original Glades, um, folks who performed at the Glades. And if you don't know what the Glades are, um, the Glades are, were one of the clubs. Um, a club is such a small way of saying it. It, it was glamorous. Basically, this it was a Mahu renaissance. Um, and he was one of the performers there. Um, and he was able to come up and, you know, kind of talk story with folks. But, um, yeah, for now, it's just what we, what we do is we talk about, um, Mahu and the Kumulipo, um, because not just human Mahu, but Mahu ancestors like coral and the, um, the parrotfish, the uhu. Um, we also talk about, um, Mahu in terms of the, the, um, first humans, um, Lailai, Ki'i, and Kane, and Kanaloa, um, and what, how Mahu, like Ki'i, played there. We talk about Mahu ancestors, um, and chiefs like Kau Holanui Mahu, um, from Maui, um, as well as Kapai Mahu, who are, um, uh, Mahu from Kahiki or Tahiti, who, um, their, their body forms or their mana can be found still in Waikiki. So we're, it's an ongoing thing. Um, we, we kind of have, um, conjoined sessions alongside the regular, um, Puhuluhulu University classes. But um, if you if you are interested, we will have the the agenda for the day. Um, and we'll be talking about many, many different hopefully many things. Um and really getting into the, the fun stuff. Like how do you know, like what does Mahu sex look like? You know, like and I think and, and I hopefully people will you know, it's gonna be kind of maybe like, oh well, I don't know, but um trust me, it's really fun. So like uh, I encourage folks to um come up and check out our classes and more importantly to be a kumu an instructor, um, because I know y'all have lots of Ike beyond myself, so <laughs> Yeah. Everybody come up. Yeah. 
So, um, after when the fake state of Hawaii and DLNR and UH decide to move the telescope or just stop it completely, what are your guys' next plans? Do you guys um, expect to, you know, make it a bigger movement? Um, you know, kind of spread it across the Pai Aina o Hawaii? Like, have you guys thought about that? Or like, yeah, envisioned mm-hmm. something more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, to be to be completely honest, I don't know if Hale Hale Mahu was even a thing um, back in the days. I know there were Hale Pa'a, Hale Opa'a, Papa, um, and the Hale Mua, certainly, um, but I've never heard mention of a Hale Mahu. Um, but does that mean that I don't want that to be a thing for us? No, of course not. I think it's it's beautiful that we have a space for us. What I would like, though, is that this space and the history and our connection with the Mauna is taken to the entire Pai'aina, to the entire Lahui. We, as much as we need Hale Wahine and Hale, Ka- Hale for the Kane, um, we also need Hale for Mahu, all of them, all three of those, and more, you know? Um, and we need these spaces um, because, again, um, this is a place for us to be safe, to be recognized, and also to give back to the Lahui. There's, there's nothing, I, I, as I speak as a Mahu myself, like, there's nothing that I want more than to just share my aloha with the Lahui, you know? And to be recognized that, um, not just myself, but other Mahu have that same desire and are just, are doing that hana, that work here on the Mauna. And we want to do that in our, you know, we are doing that. We are doing that already in our Lahui, but I also want spaces for us to be able to talk about those things because we deal with trauma, you know, it, real, for real. Um, we have very specific trauma that we go through and we also have specific ways of healing and celebrating through that trauma. And hopefully, um, we'll be able to have Hale like this everywhere. Um, and beyond that, you know, once we're deoccupied, I want, I want us to really think about having a mahu and a wahine and a kane literally being the ones that help to run whatever our, our, our government will look like. I think that would be beautiful. Um, yeah, so that's my dream. <laughs> beautiful. I agree. Um, also, since you're from Maui, uh, I know there's a whole bunch of things going on with your mauna over there. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your history and um, with the Mauna, because I know you've been involved with that. Um, if you could just share a little with our listeners. Sure. Um, we've had, um, when the Mauna Kea and Haleakala uh, first standoffs happened in 2015, um, we had a very different experience, actually, um, those of us who stood on Haleakala. Um, our experience was one of... Um, escalated um violence um from the police side um uh, you know, even talking about this is traumatic but you know um just to get people to know you know um police the first and second um encounters were you know okay second encounter my wahina i got arrested um but on the third encounter they brought it they brought um Shields um, were geared up for riot, you know, with riot gear. Which even here at Monica, I mean, though they called in the National Guard and they had their weapons and whatnot, like they didn't necessarily look like they were they had shields or whatnot for riot control, um, had LRAD and whatnot. But um, 
but it was it was it was quite violent um and not just the in the appearance of um folks of the police but also like the fact that you know all of these are our brothers uncles um who work with the force and so it was we knew them from the community and so we saw them there and it was terrible you know it's terrible it's terrible because the occupying state puts hawaiians in these situations where we have to choose against each other you know and i think that's horrible i don't know why anyone would want to live in an existence where that's our only choice you know there are so many other ways to achieve uh, reconciliation um, security and through aloha um, and through setting up boundaries than to have, you know, basically peaceful protesters, uh, not protesters, protectors, peaceful protectors of the Mauna versus, you know, riot-geared um, police. Um, in addition to that, um, one of the things that we've taken on um, as as Kia'i of Haleakala is that we call ourselves Hina Kia'i Mauna. And the reason why is because um, to Hina is to fall, yeah, to lie supine on the ground, but not in like a passive way, but in a very powerful way. Because when you lie... Uh, when we were on the mountain, how we um, defended the mountain was we uh, used PVC pipes uh, to connect each other, and then we laid down on the ground. Um, and that's not passive. you know. It's not weak, actually. It's actually one of the strongest things because your spine is su- literally su- supported by the aina. It's literally supported by papahono. Yeah? And... I remember sitting back and just thinking to myself, like, how did I get myself into this situation? Um, you know, my other partner at the time, um, in addition to Mahea, um, was, um, you know, watching over us, like, you know, what's going to happen? And I'm like, I just remember feeling this peaceful, serene feeling that you're in the right place. You're in the right time. You are your ancestor, you know, and your ancestor is supporting your back just as you're supporting them. And that is a strength that I've carried over here to Mauna Kea. Um, and there are, you know, certainly there are certain traumatic moments that, you know, refreshes those memories from Haleakala. Uh, one of them being that, um, the telescope that is on Haleakala right now, the DKIST, is named after Daniel K. Inouye. Um, surprise, surprise, the access road that, or the saddle road, access road that we're on now is also named after Daniel K. Inouye. So, uh, you know, Asian settler colonialism is real. <laughs> and even though, you know, this man has passed away, um, his gender violence and his settler colonial violence, um, for the occupying state continues its legacy. And I really want folks who, um, you know, who reckon, who, who see these movements to see the threads, um, of colonial oppression that are woven through this, but also how folks like me, folks like my partners have had to carry those threads with us and be strong and brave and to be kia'i, to be mauna um, and to recognize that that's our mana our collective mana together that we bring sharing with our experiences on Haleakala to Mauna Kea as part of our makana, yeah, our ho'okupu Definitely and mahalo for sharing all of that and for yeah just working through all of that eha cuz definitely there's so much connections of heva that's been going on especially with Daniel Kinoy we had the Honolulu airport oh, renamed no. after him there's just no. all of those connections um 
Again, this is Nanea Lowe and Kala Johnson, and we are signing off from Native Stories. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to us on Native Stories. Navigate through location-based stories on our Native Stories mobile app. You can find it on Apple and Android stores under Native Stories. Go check them out and leave a review and tell your family and friends. If you have a story you would like us to tell or want to sponsor a future podcast, location story, or walking tour, please email us at info at Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook under username Our Native Stories.